welcome to God's Five Minutes with Pastor Ed Wilson. Reach him at God's Five Minutes at gmail.com. Now, here's Ed Wilson with God's Five Minutes. Hello, friends. Today, I wish to speak to you the way God prepared Nehemiah for the work of rebuilding the temple at Jerusalem after the Jews at last were freed from Babylonian captivity enough to return to their promised land. Now, please pardon me for reading only part of the scripture due to time constraints, but referring to parts not read. Nehemiah 1.3, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. The temple was completed in 516 B.C. Nehemiah's arrival was in 445 B.C. The little colony of returned exiles seems to have not made much progress during that long period. Its members settled down, and much of their enthusiasm cooled, as we see from the reforms which Ezra had to inaugurate 14 years before Nehemiah. So often people have felt the flame of spiritual awakening find it hard to keep it on the high levels for long. Breathing is easier lower down. As so often happens, a brighter zeal burned in the bosoms of sympathizers at a distance than in those of the actual workers whose contact with hard realities and petty details disenchanted them. Thus, a stage was set for Nehemiah to come from them from the court of the Persian king. A party of Jews returning from their nation to Babylon, including Nehemiah's brother, had brought sad tidings of the condition of the country, the city, and the temple. Although Nehemiah had adapted himself to the duties of his life in this foreign land, his heart turned continually to the mountains round about Jerusalem. As often happens when we are struck by heartbreaking news, he remembers in precise detail the exact time of his brother's message reached him. His longings are kindled into resolve from what he heard. God prepares his servants for their work by laying on their souls a sorrowful realization of the miseries which others regard, and they themselves have often regarded very lightly. Those who have been raised up to do great work for God and men must always begin by greatly and sadly feeling the weight of the sorrows and sins which they are destined to remove. No one will do worthy work at rebuilding the walls who has not wept over the ruins." So Nehemiah prepared himself for his work by brooding over the tidings with tears, by fasting, and by prayer. There is no other way of preparation. Without the sad sense of human sorrows, there will be no earnestness in alleviating them, nor self-sacrificing devotion. And without much prayer, there will be little consciousness of weakness or dependence on divine help. The scripture highlights the young cupbearer's apparently immediate decision to throw away brilliant prospects and face a life of danger and suffering and toil. Nehemiah was evidently a favorite with the king, destined to high office in his court. But the ruins on Mount Zion were more attractive to him than the splendors of Shushan, and he willingly destroyed his chances of a great career to take his share of affliction and reproach. Although he is not one of the well-known biblical examples of heroic self-abandonment, he did just what Moses did. He, too, chose to suffer with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He is one more shining example, lighting the way for those who would take up the cross of Christ. So he prayed, and in his prayer he laid before God his own great name as the strongest means by which to approach him. 
That method of approach shows Nehemiah's effort to take hold of God's character as he ground for his hope for an answer. Nehemiah had been surrounded by pagan worship to the God of heaven, and he uses the term in his prayer, but in a way that takes the crown from the false god and lays it at the feet of the God of his fathers. The remaining language of his prayer shows he had been well-schooled, though captive in a foreign land, in the teachings of the law. Clearly, he had fed his young soul on the word of God, which is another necessary requirement for those who carry it. Have you talked to God today? You have been listening to God's Five Minutes with Pastor Ed Wilson. Reach him by email at g-o-d-s-f-i-v-e minutes at gmail.com. Tune in next time to hear more encouraging thoughts from God's Word on God's 5 Minutes with Pastor Ed Wilson.